This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a special episode of the Animaniacast. Today's episode, of course, we're going to be talking with Randy Rogel and Rob Paulson. But before we do that, I thought I'd just add a little quick thing onto this. This episode was recorded right before a very special announcement was made. And of course, many of you are already aware of it. And that, of course, is that Animaniacs, the new season, will be premiering with 13 new episodes on November 20th. So while we did not get a trailer, we did, however, get a few cool little messages courtesy of Rob Paulson, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil, and Maurice LaMarche all speaking in and a little bit out of character, telling us about the new season coming up. And so here's a little bit of a combination of all their little messages together. If you'd like to hear each and every one of the messages individually, well, just head on over to our Twitter page. We've retweeted, of course, every single message individually, so you can give that a listen. So check it out, and then off to our interview with Randy and Rob. Hello! Maniacs fans, Yakko Warner here, live from the Water Tower. Greetings, my friends. It is I, the brain. Yes, a pinky in the brain. And I'm Dot, the Warner sister. And you know, if it seems like it's been a minute since we've talked, it has. We're especially happy now, because the Animaniacs are coming back with all new shows. It's true. Oh, you have waited long enough. But I'm telling you what, folks, it's been 22 years, but your favorite animated series, Animaniacs, is back on Hulu. You're going to love what we've done with the show. Watch all episodes of our new Hulu original series, Animaniacs, on November 20th, only on Hulu. D. And I'm still not wearing any pants. And welcome everybody once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, as well as other shows in the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky in the Brain, and Freakazoid. We revisit each episode, we talk about all the cultural references and gags that we can find, and of course, share our memories of first watching each episode. And in the end, we give every episode a Water Tower rating. But today... We have two very special guests with us. I am Joey. Unfortunately, one of our co-hosts, Kelly, could not be here today due to some technical difficulties. But, of course, we do have my other co-host, my brother Nathan. Uh, maybe I'm a dog, a cute little dog with ears. Oh my God, I have some <laughs> that he can wag. <laughs> and joining us once again is the musical genius behind some of the best songs on Animaniacs. It's the incredibly talented Mr. Randy Rogel. Woohoo! You are too kind, sir. Thank, and I'm going to make you my agent for that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and only to be topped by the mega talent. I'll let you introduce him next. <laughs> yes, and finally, you know him. You love him. He's the voice of some of your favorite cartoon characters throughout your childhood and today, of course including Yakko, Pinky, and uh, Dr. Otto von Scratch and Sniff. 
He's written an amazing book entitled Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life. And he's also been dubbed one of the nicest people on Earth. It's Mr. Rob Paulson. Well, the nicest person, one of the nicest people on Earth is great because uh, that is so much appreciated because I've spent so much money on therapy and medication. (laughs) (laughs) And booze. Oh, uh, it all work, you know. It's all a working. It's all, <laughs> it's, now this is a professional segue. It is all in concert. Ooh, that that all works together to keep me from being the professional asshole that I could be. You know, where <laughs> I where I like to Jess Harnell because he's an idiot. He's a not. Now, see, that's why I spent all that money on medication and booze because I don't want to be like Jess. <laughs> Jess is listening. <laughs> right. I love you, Jess. Anyway, thank you for having us. Thank you for being on the show. I know our, our <laughs> listeners over the years are going, when are you going to get Rob Paulson? I'm like, he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. But we are well, able to rope in. Are. We're never too busy for you, Joey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very kind, Joey okay. and Nathan. Okay, and we'll see you next week then. No, <laughs> I, I have well, well, Matt, We can't see you next week. And why would that be, Rob? Yeah, tell yeah. us what is coming up. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks for saying Um. Well, what Mr. Rogel is is not so uh, subtly referring to is that we have <clears throat> Animaniacs in concert, which uh, Joey and Nathan have both experienced. We have this wonderful show that and, that Randy and I have come up with in which we perform Randy's music, which is legendary. <clears throat> that is not hyperbole. And uh, as a result of COVID-19, we had a whole pile of gigs booked around the country this year. Uh, and, of course, they've all been kiboshed. But... Necessity is the mother of invention. And um, we are now going to be able to do Animaniacs in Concert on Looped, which is a new platform designed specifically for live concerts from wherever. And we are doing a Looped Live Animaniacs in Concert performance on um, August 15th at noon Pacific. And um, I, I don't know, Randy, I know you, will you guys be including the link in this Podcast. Yeah, we're going to have to make sure they have a, they can go to loopedlive.com. That's L-O-O-P-E-D, like we're looped live, L-I-V-E, one word, dot com. Take you right there. You can get your tickets. You can also sign up for a meet and greet, which after the show, then you would meet directly with me and Rob. We would uh, FaceTime or Zoom right directly with you. We can sign things for you. You can record it and uh, you know, post it, whatever. But we would love to meet you in person, unfortunately, because we can't be there. But we only have, we can only do 50 of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. 50 meet and greets, which will allow you to, to come and chat with Yakko, or Pinky, or Carl, Dr. Scratch and Sniff, or whomever is showing up at the moment, and, um, and Mr. Rogel. And uh, we it would will, love to talk with you and sign stuff. We and can video it and all of that. It will authenticate whatever we can sign. So anyway, my point is that we have this fabulous concert uh, in which we will be performing like the Rat Pack in the Water Tower with Randy's yeah. music and a pile of his Emmys in the background and singing uh, and, yeah. uh, singing all his great songs. So thank you very much for letting us plug it. It's going to be a blast. Loopedlive.com. Go get your tickets in there. And it's, yeah, for the, the basic tickets, only $25. I know I got... I got mine. Well, and, the bargain? Are you kidding me? In this day and age, you can't even buy a vaccine for 25 bucks. So, <laughs> Unfortunately. 
Yeah, go watch us before you succumb to COVID. It's this is COVID Con. COVID Con. I like that idea, Rob. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, let's let's talk about how did you two uh, first meet? I'm assuming it's uh, with Animaniacs, correct? Well, here's actually, if Rob, if I may go first, Please. because I I had just joined the Animaniacs group because I've been writing another show, and the first song I I'd written was that Yakko's World. And so then I wait, 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 wait. Here, hear what he just said, Joey and Nathan. The first song he wrote <laughs> was Yakko's World. And he won't tell you this, but that was the song he had in his back freaking pocket for which he auditioned to get the job. <laughs> That's how good Randy Rogel is. Okay. Well, thank you, Rob. Let me tell Rob is. I also, been, I also been an actor, and I've done, maybe people don't know this, you can actually go to the YouTube and see it. I, I've done the Donald O'Connor role in Singing in the Rain in like 26 productions around the country. So Warner Brothers was kind enough to let me go do that. So I was actually out of town doing the show when the director, the late, great Rusty Mills, called me because they were putting together Yakko's World to ask me a couple of questions about it there. And he sent me. A cassette. Remember what those used to look like? A cassette tape? He mailed that to me, and I put it in, and I listened to it, and I heard I had never even met Rob. And I called Rush, and I said, who is this guy? He's, like, amazing. And he says, he did it in one take, Randy. I thought, I got to meet this. So I met Rob vocally. Then when I met him in person, of course, we all, you, you all fall, everybody falls in love with Rob and they meet him. So that's how we, that's my story of how we met. No, Bob, what's your story? <laughs> well, that essentially the same thing. The first song I recorded for Animaniacs was Yakko's World. And obviously, the powers to be, Mr. Ruger, Gene McCurry. I mean, if you're going to, why not start out by killing them? And that song has become, it is not hyperbole, that little two and a half minutes of pure American art has become utterly iconic. As a result of first... Randy's song, then, you know, Tom and and the uh, incredible staff and skill and the animators, et cetera, et cetera. But it speaks for itself. It sings for itself. It's it's become iconic for a very good reason. It's it's a seminal piece of uh, American art. Um, and it was the first song I recorded for the show. And it got better from there. How often does that happen, you guys? Pretty much never. Yeah, we're talking about it with people who were little boys at the time that that show came out, and I'm still a little boy. I just have gray hair now. But <laughs> honest to God, that that really truly is. Even when you go back to Carl Stalling and Milt Franklin and Chuck Jones and Bob McKimson and all the usual suspects, how often does that happen? Even though, even if you look at One Froggy Evening or Kill the Wabbit, Kill the Wabbit. That's that's um, Wagner. That's not original. Right. It's not well. Um, One Froggy Evening is original, but Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. That's not original music for Warner Brothers. Someone else wrote that. What we're talking about here, and this is important, we're talking about an utterly original piece of music. Well, now wait a minute. That, that hold on. The the lyrics are original, but the music. I no, I, you're. I, right. I, I, I had written Ashley to another tune, but what you know what happened to me, Rob, as I was doing it? 
it was too slow. I needed something where the words came at you like a machine gun, you know, yes. I'm thinking. So, and the other thing too, is everybody knows that la, da, 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 that little Mexican hat tune. That's true. But, I, I agree. There's, yeah, but there's a lot of other songs where I like to, I like to say that the songs are the, the, the music is original, no, but, you're um, but just like, you know, kill the rat. I, I, I like to think that at least, um, Yakko's world identifies when you yeah. hear it, you think of, of Animania. And I, yeah, and you're right. And thank you for correcting me. That's not fair. I don't know who wrote the Mexican hat dance. I'm sure it's PD by now. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. And nobody knows. It's so old. I mean, I go back centuries. We, but, but you see my point. Yes. Um, um, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. It was a George M. Cohen. I don't know if he wrote it, but it was a, it was a vaudevillian number and blah, blah, blah. And Wagner wrote, Ride of the Valkyries, which was Kill the Wabbit. But we're talking about something that was a literal clean sheet of paper and right out of the goddamn chute, that's what they that's what they aired. And it had the we had it had the desired result. People just went, Holy crap, what is that? Yeah, what is the show? Thanks to you guys, 25 years later talking about it. That speaks really highly, first and foremost, about Randy's song. And and then when you put it in the hands of geniuses like Tom Ruger at all, this is what you get. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, let's let's talk about a little bit about the the concert that it actually. How did it? How did it actually come to be? Like, how did you guys decide? Let's do Animaniacs in concert. That's a great. Let me. Give, I, I'm going to give credit to that to Rob because here's what happened. Rob does. God, I don't know how many personal, he has hundreds of personal appearances every year. I mean, guys on the road a lot. And so Rob and I are also friends as well as colleagues. So I'd seen him one time, I forget where, and he just mentioned to me, he says, hey, Randy, you know, every time I go do it, people always ask me to sing those songs. I thought, well, great, that's wonderful. So then he comes to you and says, you know what? I think there's an audience for all yeah. of them. I go, what are you talking about? The show's where he goes, Randy, I'm telling you, I'm out there and there's an audience. And that's what... Uh, you know, what sort of raised the flag on it. But Rob does his podcast. He has hundreds of thousands of Rob. Tell me if I'm telling this correctly. He has hundreds of thousands of listeners. So they asked him to do a live podcast up right. at Universal Studios. So he brought in Maurice LaMarche and they did a night of pink in the brain. Of course, they just sold it right out. I think they did it again. So they asked him to do another one. And since I live very close to there, Rob called me and says, hey, why don't you just come up? Sit at the piano and we'll just wing it. We'll do some of those songs, right? So we did that and we sold that one out. That was at the, um, yeah, yeah. What that was at the John, um, that was the John Lovitz Comedy Club. John Lovitz Comedy Club, BB King, right at City Walk, right up at Universal Studios. So we we did it a couple of times. We did a couple of places and then we thought, you know what? Maybe this might be a show. So then, of course, we had to go to Warner Brothers. We had to go to Steven Spielberg. Blah blah blah. You know, so it was a long. You know, yeah, it was, and Randy glossed over it, but we're colleagues, but we're more friends than colleagues. <laughs> uh, the, the best part about this whole experience, you guys, and, and, and really, truly, you and Nathan, Joey, exemplify what is so best and so wonderful about this show. Um, fans and friends, turns out, are one and the same. Um, and we've all known each other for a long time. We just often don't know that we know each other and, and opportunities like you give Randy and me, uh, prove my point. Um, when Randy and I are together, whether we're performing or not, it is an utterly joyful experience because let's face it, 
I mean, he, he, he's so, apart from being gifted, he's a delightfully kind man. And everybody associated with this project is that way. Well, and then when you can, when you can, well, but when you couple that, <laughs> the nice well, off. And, and look what happens with, all I got to do is start doing this. And look what happens to Nathan and Kelly. I do it like falling off a log and you guys can't help it. It's like getting gas after certain kinds of food. You can't help it. You know? Hey, let me, hey, Joey, let me, let me brag on Rob here just for a moment of something that just happened is I've been writing this new, uh, mu- you know, destined to New York Broadway, if we can get it there, uh, a new musical, right? For right. two so, years. I, and, and I have a top-notch director guy, you know, Mike Nichols, right-hand guy, right? So we're putting together the reading and we've got, you know, guys from the Book of Mormon leads, all that. But then we have all these incidental characters, just a reading. So we're trying to think, well, how do we save a little money here? And we thought, wait a minute. What if we get Rob Paulson, who can do 80 different voices, right? <laughs> we bring Rob in. So Rob goes, well, which part am I playing? I said, well, you playing this part, this part, this part, this part, this part, this part, and that part, right? And so... He's just like, well, okay. And he reads, give me. So we do the reading and he does a different voice for every <laughs> And all the, I had to lead from Book of Mormon. Uh, I'm brought, he got a Tony nomination and he, and he was like a big Rob Paulson fan too. I had, um, with Michael Kostrap, who's like, you know, a big Broadway star in television show. And they were in awe of Rob. They're like, how the hell does he do that? You guys get our points. I, hey, we, you know, I haven't shut up since you started. And you, you see my point. The, the, you guys haven't stopped smiling since we started. <laughs> and when Randy and I and his friends and his glorious Cynthia, all these people who are so talented, but it's Hollywood. You can throw a dart and hit talented people. What you can't always do is throw a dart and hit people like Randy and Cynthia and all these talented and Jess and Tress and Maurice and, and have them be the nicest, most utterly kind, down to earth people who will. Especially spend- after you've just been hit with a dart. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. We usually you are upset. Stupid freaking darts <laughs> but, um, but you get what I mean. It's just the the ethos of the show from the beginning was creativity, joy, uh, originality, and it worked. And the genius of Tom Ruger and Steven Spielberg and Gene McCurdy from 25 years ago has been borne out by what you guys are doing. Well, the the fact that the the show is back in production is done very well. So now, you know, they're looking ahead for the next season. But um, I will tell you too, you know, since you just asked about the genesis of the show, Joey, there's, I don't know if you've done much television or certainly stage there's a concept known as sort of finding lightning in a bottle because you can have the best talent the best writers but and you still kind of don't have a hit you have a flop and it can go the other way too you have all these unknowns no budget at all and you get the Blair Witch Project you know so I have to say what you find in the top layer the there's a very small top layer of voice talent you know the voiceover talent people like Rob Tress McNeil Billy West uh, you know, um, uh, Jim Cummings, those guys, uh, Frank Welker, these, and, and what the common thread you find with all these people is they're very good at improv. They've all done improv. They've like Maurice Marsh was a stand up, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I've done a lot of stage too. So I think what happened is 
we put together this show, but Rob is a master at improv. So when, when we're doing the show, we have it scripted somewhat, but these guys, especially, you know, we do it in different, in different in configurations. We'll have Jess there. Sometimes we'll have Maurice there. We have a trust there. And what will happen is they begin this, they go off script and, Audience is going crazy. I sometimes literally, honestly, have to stop sure and go, okay, guys, we now need to get back to the show. So it's really a very, you know, even though it's scripted, we know what song to do. It's a very spontaneous show. And you'll see that when you watch it. This oh, one is going to be a little different. This is going to be a little more intimate. is Because we're not, we can't be in a theater. All theaters are closed, right? With this big, expansive living room that'll be mine. <laughs> and we'll be there. So it's like coming to our house. You're going to see like where we rehearse. Yeah, crowded by Randy's ego and his Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it'll be a very intimate show, but at the same time, it, you know, it's obviously a very well-rehearsed show, and it, it'll be just sort of a, a different experience. But I'm thinking the reason the show, we've, we've done it in, I don't know, countless cities all uh, over the United States. We're, we're represented by ICM now. Warner Brothers has licensed us for everywhere. Spielberg is uh, totally on board. The reason it's gotten there, I think it's because of the lightning in the bottle is I happen to have a lot of stage experience. Rob is just a master at, at improv and I can bring, you know, Rob and I can ask Maurice or Tress or just to step in and it, 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 it just soars. It's not like you have people who are good behind the mic, but they're not good in front of an audience. They just thrive in front of a Great live point. audience. Yeah. Every one of us has, has a live performance background as you guys probably know. The fact is that, we're preaching to the to like an encyclopedic choir. You guys know as much or more about the shows than we do, and the minutia. But, but you you get my point. You have a viable, successful podcast when podcasts are a dime a million, and you have a distinctly um, singular podcast dedicated dedicated to one show that people embrace and watch. And that tells you pretty much everything you need to know about what Randy was talking about. It's so unusual, you guys. Um, and, and, I, I mean, really, when you think about it, in the pantheon of great American animation, we Bugs is 80, and Bugs deserves to be where Bugs is, right at the top. But, but we're talking about something that is a quarter of a century old, and it is every bit as powerful, arguably more so now. And the king of Hollywood at 72 years old wants to do it again. That is so, with brand new platforms, that is so unusual. And the other thing that's kind of nice that we're, because, you know, Rob and I, you know, we, we kneel before the altar of Chuck Jones and that, and Mel Blank and that, the, as yeah. do I, we all, but the, What's nice about Animaniacs right now, where we are at this time, you know, those folks are all gone. I was lucky when I was at Warner Brothers, Chuck Jones was still there and he had an office there. And we used to just go sit like kids cross-legged. And Can you imagine? He'd, he'd hold court, you know, we'd ask him, but he's gone now. But at least, you know, you can go see Bugs on Broadway at the Hollywood Bowl, which we love. But you're just watching the cartoon. When you come to see Animaniacs in concert, you're not only seeing it done live, but by the people who did it. In other words, you're going to see Rob. You're going to see me. You're going to see Tre the, the, the people who were actually the ones who did it rather than another group sort of doing it. And that's that's the 
joy of seeing the show right now in this at this point in history you're, you know because years will go by we'll all be gone but right now you can actually see the real people who wrote them who made them we even bring in people like peter hastings peter mm -hmm. hastings was the the chief author of most of the pinky in the brains and uh, he happens to be an, an outstanding bass player so we brought him in with your orchestra and he's there he comes forward so you're you're actually getting the real experience pretty of cool who created the show yeah, that wasn't that was an amazing experience a year ago in San Diego seeing Peter Hastings. And it was well, funny. I was we were getting ready for the show and I it, I turn over to Nathan and Kelly and go, Is that Peter Hastings? They're like, oh, I don't know. And we're like, We don't know. What he looks like. <laughs> Let me go up there. <laughs> and your leader is so clever. The first time we did it, we did it with um we did it with a full orchestra. I mean like eighty eight pieces. So we call I called Peter and said, Hey, because I was talking to the conductor, said, "Hey, I want you know we need we need a bass player, and I want to." He goes, "Oh my God, I need a bass player!" So I called Peter. Said, "Peter, come on down." He says, "Okay." So he's playing with an orchestra, a concert orchestra, and just have no problem. And at one point, we brought him forward to introduce us. Remember that? And he looks yeah. put his arms around us. He goes, "I just really love what you guys." you're trying to do here yeah. <laughs> not, what, not what you're accomplishing but what yeah. you're trying to do <laughs> no it's it's great and I, I, I it's pretty difficult to keep us both from from continuing to sing the praises of the show you know it we are buttering our own bread i get <laughs> it but honest to god you're, you're edit, edit that part out for us okay no, but the, <laughs> the two of us though i mean we have had this incredible good fortune and and a day doesn't go by we talk about this all the time i think i've had the pleasure of meeting you guys before albeit 20 odd years ago but and in tucson we got to meet them in tucson at the live show too yeah but uh you would be and your audience would be hard pressed and i'm serious as a heart attack you would be hard pressed to find anyone anywhere who has ever met the usual suspects randy Tress, Jim Cummings, Frank, Maurice, you know, over and over again, who would never, who would ever, ever, ever say, you know, I met those guys and they're pretty difficult. They're a little arrogant. They None of them are like that. It's utterly authentic. And then when you go to, these folks are still doing it at a high level, like Randy, 25 years later, and you, you meet them again and they go, oh, my God, they really are nice people. You know why? Because we get how lucky we are. We get it. We are you. Yeah. We're fans. We're in the studio all the time looking each other at each other with our mouths on the ground going, pardon me, how the point do you do that? <laughs> you know, it's also really a treat for us to get it, say, Joey, when we get to actually meet people like you in, yeah. in person because, you know, I mean, I'd have to say probably Rob and Tress and Jess because they're the real talent of the show. And they get, you know, that's who Warner Brothers sends out. They get and they go to the cons. They get a little bit more opportunity to interface with the fans. Obviously, they can't interface with all of them. But for people like me, too, you know, who are writers or people who are composers, people who are animators and directors, all that. We, we just sit in a room at a studio. You know, we don't we don't get to see the effect of our material on people. So when we get to, to get out into, into the you know, onto the stage of the world or meet with you like meeting now. It's really a treat for us. It's oh. just such a, such a fun joy for us. It used to be a big part of my, so all the meet and greets are so much fun. You know? Dress has always been very reticent uh, to go do live events, not because she's afraid she grew up in the groundlings, you know, all her pals were oh, yeah. uh, 
Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman and, you know, Jan Hooks and all the usual suspects. But, and Tress has done only, you know, over 500 episodes of The Simpsons alone. She is unequivocally. She's a regular, she's a regular on Futurama. Yeah, the mm -hmm. most accomplished voice actress in the history of Hollywood. No, you know, no offense, June, but mm -hmm. she really is. Tress really is. Yep. Now, but even June would agree with that. I just, yeah, I, I just would, like Randy said, I'd go to all these events and stuff, and you guys met Tress all those years ago. But mm -hmm. when the, when the convention scene really exploded and I started to go to all these events and I thought, Oh my God, I've known Tresh since she was a cocktail waitress. <laughs> and so I wanted to have the experience both personally and vicariously through Tress. I wanted to watch people flip out when they met her. Uh, Joey and Nathan. Like what, it's like what I did when I met Chuck Jones. It's like, you oh. know, you're meeting someone uh, that you've grown up with, you know, it's a Absolutely. wonderful yeah. The number of times that I would be sitting, I'd be, you know, my line was gone and I'd be sitting like this watching Tress. Yeah. And you guys, it is not, it's not anything but the God gospel truth. Um, people would wait for an hour and then they would meet Tress and she would riff as, Dot or Babs or the crazy cat lady or whatever. Or moms with drama, yeah. yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would they would start doing this. Often they would cry. They would make stuff for her. They would tell her how their their child got you know was able to become verbal um, mm -hmm. as uh, and got was able to control their autism because of characters that Tress would create. And she, of course, had no idea. And she would look at me with tears in her eyes. And I'm saying, I told you. I told you. And Because they're very self-effacing. Hey, Rob, you just brought up an important point. I'm glad you said this. What yeah. if, you know, Rob and I do this, um, you know, all over the country. And after the show, we will oftentimes do a meet and greet where we get to meet certain fans. They pay extra to do that. But it always bugs me that they have to stand in line. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that. And so I told her, you know, next time when we do it from now on at, at, on the stage, I want to like, we're going to just host a lot, like a little cocktail party where everybody walks around. Nobody's dancing. Yeah, so it's not, it, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be like, but, it shouldn't be that long. It's like when you go to a con, you have to stand in line. Well, guess what? With the looped live experience, now we only have 50 slots though. So if you're going to do it, do it, get in there fast. But What's really great about it when we talk to them, because we Rob and I did not know if we really wanted to do this, but when they were saying, well, Megan Trainer's doing it, Melissa Etheridge's doing it, we, and ICM, we thought, well, let's check it out. One of the nice things they do, if you sign up for the meet and greet, they just call your phone. So you don't have to wait online. You're doing your thing, and then they'll say, cool. Joey, you're you're third in line. Now it's coming up. And then it, when it comes up, they boom, your phone rings, it comes up, and we're all together like, like we're in a Zoom call right it's now. Really cool, and man. you don't have to stand in line. You can do whatever the heck you want. So that, that's really the, the, really the cool next experience. It is the next best thing to being there. But just like everything else, as utterly destructive as this whole circumstance has been, on so many levels and you don't need Yakko to tell you that. Um, but we find there's this glorious who to thunk how, how cool this can be under a circumstance that we were kind of six months ago going, Oh, we gotta, we gotta dump all these great live dates. Well, you know what? 
it's turned out that there is a really lovely silver lining and and yeah. it's great and it's a different mm-hmm. it's sort of a different medium which yeah. uh, which opens up all other new possibilities as well anyway but you, hey nathan do you and joey want to talk <laughs> no, I'm loveless listening. <laughs> Nathan, yeah, wait. Actually, I, but let's, that's a good thing. Do you have any other questions? Yeah, us? Nathan, what question do you have here for us? Um, so, do you guys have like a favorite song that you sing at Animaniacs con- concert? Well, I, you know what? I have a couple of favorites. Obviously, Yakko's World is our stairway to heaven. Um, but <clears throat> I really like. Um, I love that Randy wrote a song, you know, because he had an extra 17 minutes on a Tuesday. <laughs> he, he wrote a song in which he explains the concept of time in a clever, wonderful, original music way. And um, it's called um, When You're Traveling from Nantucket. And I love singing that song because I can, um, it's very legato. I can do whatever I want. And Randy follows me with the piano and the orchestra follows me. Yeah. The orchestra follows you pretty well. And it's a very lovely way of, I can vamp in the middle of it. I can hold a note for 30 seconds and screw with the audience. And, um, and so I really love it from a performance standpoint. I love that. When you're traveling from Nantucket through Chicago to St. Paul and you're Obviously, Yakko's world is is so remarkable, and it truly never does get old. And and the question that often people ask me is, "You ever get tired of singing that song?" And of course, are you kidding me? <laughs> the problem now he does now he does the encore to it too. But yeah. you know, this Yakko's universe, all the funny stuff from the hysteria. You know, I remember when they asked Steven Spielberg one time, who's our producer, by the way. Uh, they said, "What's your favorite movie that you've made?" And he said, "Why don't you ask me which is my." Which of my children my is my favorite child. It's like, it's, like, it's like hard to say that. But I will tell you, as an adjunct, people ask me, what's the hardest song you've yes. ever written? And the answer to that is the song I'm writing right now, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I am. I just finished a song for Animaniacs. I'm writing another song for Animaniacs when I get off with you guys. That's what I, and it's the hardest song I've ever written because it's the one I'm writing right now. But then when I'm done, <laughs> it's all done and it's great, then I go, oh, that wasn't so bad. So that's just how the process. But the question really is is more about, because you guys are not only experts and the cognoscenti and the go-to guys for this 
so. But the, the question bigger with with experts. What is what are your respective? Yeah, that's a, that's what we'd like to know. Well, that's a good question. I I will I will uh, tell you that some of my favorite parts of uh, Animaniacs in concert are number one, hearing uh, the development of a song such yeah. as L A dot or La dot, and then just uh-huh. hearing and and I love both versions. And depending on the day, I I will flip to oh that's a better version or this is a better version. They're both oh, wow. fantastic. They're- they're both so different too. Yeah, yes. I'm just like, they're, and they're so catchy. They're so great, and mm-hmm. I, I love both versions. And I also love um, really just being exposed to some of Randy's work with Hysteria, with uh, the spice, oh. the spice song or the in, the invasion song, which or I wasn't. The, yeah, works of William Shakespeare. Are you? Oh yes, yeah. I wasn't, and I wasn't too familiar with any of those. So it, yeah, it actually, it actually, I went and bought the the Hysteria complete series because I was like, I got to. That's listen what's to more so great about Animaniacs in concert because it's not just relegated to Animaniacs music. It's the guy who composed most of those songs, but Randy's music and the scope of it, even in the context of Warner Brothers, is much bigger than just... Yeah, and, but it was also still a Ruger show, a Tom yes, Ruger show. Tom Ruger. And, they, and, and the same, you know, it was you guys, it was the same group Jerry of people. Stoner and so the was just done. Yeah. In fact, we, thought we probably should have had a, a an hysteria franchise within Animadia. She's just folded it right in there. <laughs> yeah. I got to ask you a quick question about uh, the uh, the invasion song, though, Randy. Egypt invaded the Syrians, who invaded the Arab sheiks. Hannibal then invaded the Romans, the Romans invaded the Greeks. The Saxons invaded the Britain, the Mongols invaded Japan. Japan invaded Manchuria, and Iraq invaded Iraq. I was I was humming it the other day, and was, and uh, then I then I was humming a different song, and that was Tom Lair's "I Got It from Agnes." I got it from Agnes. She got it from Jim. We all agree it must have been Louise who gave it to him. Now she got it from Harry, who got it from Marie, and everybody knows that Marie got it from me. Now I got it from Agnes. She got it from Jim. Well, you know what? Tom Lair stole that from me. Oh, really? <laughs> About 30 you know, years I, before. You know, you know, they say that there's 88 notes they've all been played. So I think probably there are, you you, you can feel different, you know, similarities, but differences. I, mm-hmm. you know, I actually have a Tom Lair story because I'm like you, I was a big fan. I'm assuming you're a big fan of his. Yes. And um, there was a book that came out and it was like books on lyricists. Hmm. And you know, songwriter, and and some friend of mine had given, and so I looked at it, and it was you know interviewing, and one of them was Tom Lair, and so I was reading it about because I think the guy's genius, you know, and as I went through, they they talked about, you know, again, this is another anecdotal story. While I'm at Warner Brothers, remember they had I, I wrote Yakko's World, which is a list, of, and then they they said, well, how do the states and the capitals? Well, how do the universe? I said, guys, I can do more than a list song, and that's when I start. I wrote I'm Mad and those kind of songs, right? But at one point. You know, we get fan mail all the time. It goes to the head of the studio, and Jean McCurdy gave it to me. She was the head of the studio. And uh, it said, why don't you write uh, – she says, this was directed to you. She says, it says, why don't you write a song with all the elements of the periodic table? 
And I said, because Tom Lear already did it, but I can't improve on that, right? I can't, the, the bastard beat me to it, and he did it better than I could, right? So then I'm reading this interview with Tom Lear, right? One of my heroes. And somebody asked him, hey, how come you never did a song about all the countries of the world? And Tom Lear said, you know, I tried. I couldn't figure out how to make it work. So I went, oh, oh good. I have that one little victory with Tom Blair. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and again, forgive me, but see, every time this happens, and especially with people who are experts, um, it reminds me, and this is what one of the, what, what's so great about the show is that we can, you know, we have the flexibility of the live show that we're doing at Loop Live. Like the in-person show, we have the ability to, to manipulate you know, do we, we have a general arc, but we can improvise. Okay. This is another great example of, of how stuff happens when you're lucky enough to work on something that has become Animaniacs. Um, I don't know if you guys are Rush fans, but um, my whole background musically was first class, uh, you know, learning to read and do classical music and quiet choral music. And then I was a rock and roll guy for years and years because whether the band is good or it sucks, if you're in it, chicks dig you. Okay. <laughs> So um, anyway, years ago, uh, Neil Peart, as you recall, the drummer from Rush died a couple of years ago or a year ago, whatever, tragic. But before he died, he had a very tragic life. His wife died of cancer, I think. And then his daughter died in an automobile act. He had a very, very difficult personal experience. So he often when Rush traveled on North American tours, Neil would follow the tour on his motorcycle because it allowed him to, to decompress. And he wrote a book about his experiences with his personal tragedies and how he got through them via his motorcycle riding called Ghost Rider. And in the, in the, in the uh, book, I, I don't know how it happened, but a fan sent me this paragraph in which he referenced how much he missed watching cartoons with his daughter who had passed away after he lost his wife. And he was talking about this glorious memory of watching their favorite show, which was Pinky and the Brain. Mm -hmm. Now, um, that, that stuff happens with Randy's music, and you guys know it happens with you personally and others you meet who will tell you the most personal stories about how um, something that was to us not only enjoyable, but it was how we were paying our mortgage. But now the glorious aspect of Animaniacs in concert is that we get to see people who tell us these things often through tears that is way bigger than a paycheck, way bigger than an action figure or a, 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 a rating point. It's a big deal, you guys. Yeah. And, and, and you help us to spread that. And it turns out that we have this incredible connection to a show that is, that is really been important to many people. Well, yeah, I, I, it's all about, it's all about the laughter. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joy. No, I was just going to say, it just reminds me of what Jim Henson through Kermit the Frog said once. Yeah. It's like it, making millions of people happy. That was like the main call for like in the Muppet movie for Kermit. It's like, come to Hollywood. He's like, why? You'll make millions of people happy. Yeah. Millions of people happy. And he goes, okay, that's his like incentive for, and you mm -hmm. and you guys are so lucky to be in. Period. Oh, I bet, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good one to cite because Jim Henson is like top tier. Oh, God, people. yeah. Yeah. 
well, you know, music has obviously been an incredibly important uh, part of the original series, and uh, we've been told that it's going to be an incredibly important part of the reboot as well. Yeah. Um, and Rob, you've also put a picture on Instagram showing yourself like recording some some music for the upcoming series. Right. Um, well, what can you guys tell us when it, with the reboot when it comes to music? Uh, can we are we can we expect to see any more educational songs? Uh, are you guys recording virtually at this point? Like how are orchestrations going and, and stuff like that? What can you, what can you tell us? I know you can't say too much. <laughs> yeah. In a word. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, Randy is writing new songs. There are, uh, uh, but not, I'm not, just so you know, I'm not like I was before because I'm not on staff. I'm writing some. Most of them, I think, are being written by the people right. on the staff. There, there are, like the original Animaniacs, although Randy's songs were the ones that most people recall, um, he did not write every one of them. Right. And that is mm -hmm. the way it is with the new, new episodes. Randy's already written, what, half a dozen songs, I guess, for the show. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, through, with Wellesley, Wellesley, right. the showrunner. Yeah. There are... Again, you guys, it's just one of these things that's so cool. Um, there are, for instance, two young men writing songs uh, who are Scottish, two young men who live in Scotland who have written a number of songs for the show. But they're like you. They grew up watching the show and, and were inspired and, and, and inspired specifically by Randy. And while we are now living that example that Chuck Jones gave to us a few years ago. So now when Randy, you know, these guys are in Scotland and they're on, on a Zoom call while we're doing the vocals and Randy might show up because his song is next. But as soon as I let these two knuckleheads in Scotland know that you know who is in the recording booth, <laughs> they freak out. <laughs> and it's, and it's, not, it's not feigned. They, they're like, that's the guy. It's like and, what you and I did with Mel Blanc and, uh, and right. And, you know, by the way, Rob Rob Paulson sat next to Mel Blanc at a recording studio. I did. I got to sit next to Mel years wow. ago on a Jetsons project. Oh, that and, um, totally starstruck, right? Yeah. The 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 late great Gordon Hunt was directing the cartoons in Hanna Barbera, and he said, "Hey, Robbie, Mel's here today, working. You know, he's doing Mister Slate on this Jetsons project. You want to sit next to him?" I said. You can. So I, I sat next to him, and he's probably 78 at the time. And I, I said, Mr. Blank, like everybody with a pulse, I am a big fan. Um, if you don't mind, he knew exactly what I wanted. And so he looks mm -hmm. at me, and he takes off his glasses, and he goes, yeah, what's up, Doc? And <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took. carried Rob out on a stretcher. That's all it took. <laughs> but you know what? I, and I am never... And it's not false modesty. Obviously, I'm good at my job. But I have a similar experience now. All I have to do is say, nerve. Um, <laughs> and look what happens to you guys. And it happens to police officers. It happens to Marines. I have been, I've worked for the USO and I've been at Quantico. You ever, by, you ever been pulled over by a police officer and went into a pinky? Oh, or, oh or, listen. Check seriously? I was just joking. No, <laughs> Yeah. Almost. I live out here in the, the country. It's in L.A. County, but the country part of L.A. County. And I was following a motorcycle cop one day who had a bendable Yakko uh, figure oh. on the, on the uh, 
the antenna of his radio apparatus. Oh, and I, I recognized myself twisted around his radio apparatus. <laughs> so I followed him to the sheriff station and I pulled in behind him. And of course, he's looking at his rearview mirror on his motorcycle and he sees me pulling in and I, I pulled in next to him and he, you know, he's a badass and he's uh he has his helmet on and he raises his visor. He says, can I help you, sir? And, and I, he, he should, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to, he doesn't know who the hell I am. And I said, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice, but you had me twisted around your antenna. <laughs> <laughs> he then lifted up whatever was left of his visor. He said, I'm sorry. Said you like animaniacs? That's me. You've got me, and I tell you, I got to tell you, I'm I'm chafing from being wrapped around your goddamn um, antenna. He said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "I'm sorry. I'm I'm just messing with you, but it appears to me that you are a fan, or somebody is a fan of animaniacs because you have Yakko wrapped around your antenna." He said, takes off his helmet. He said, "Holy, sh are you the are you the voice of Yakko in the flesh?" And he flipped out. He, he got a police being, escort home. Right. <laughs> he went from being just the facts, sir, or do you realize you're speeding, sir, or may I see your license and registration, sir, to, oh, my God, we love that show. My kids and I watch it all the time. They got this somehow and made me put it on my, you know, on my motorcycle. What a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Paulson. Do you live around here? Said, oh, my God. It's happens all time and just like jim hasn't said it's nothing about anything but joy mm -hmm. and, and it's glorious and we are the ones who are beholden to you and yeah it's I really the the, the the gift is ours because yeah. uh, it's such a joy to be we're the ones who are you guys hey listen let, let's let them because it's almost 11 i gotta get running but did yeah. you have any other questions for us Joy? sure uh, just a, a couple i i know you guys cannot say really much of anything literally nothing about the reboot but i <laughs> i would I, i'm our listeners would be would, so you gotta uh, ask you gotta ask you gotta at least ask and then you guys sure. can say no comment, and that's fine. Because uh, <laughs> that's perfectly because understandable. We don't because Warner Brothers will show up at our door with five goons. You know exactly. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody yeah. wants that. Uh, okay, so uh, even uh, I guess one thing that some people are a little concerned about, and maybe you can just talk in, in generalities with this: is the show still a little bit edgy? I know that some people are like always like, "Oh, I wonder if they're going to have." That, that little bit of edge that Animaniacs has. It's always been a kid's show, first and foremost, right. I think. But Rob, so I'm going to let you answer that. Um, and again, in a word, yes. Look, you guys. Um, let me just say one thing. Wellesley Wilde from Family Guy is running mm -hmm. the show. Yeah, Family Guy's not known for not being edgy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he was also co-producer of the Ted movie. You know, he's, he's Seth's right-hand guy. This is not a shrinking violet, you know? Um, and look, I'll just, and, he, and the guy's a genius. Wellesley is a yeah. brilliant guy. He is, of course he's, he's, he is. And everybody knows, and, and I'm not letting anybody know anything that isn't common knowledge. Tom Ruger is not producing the show. We don't have the same writing staff, all of that. There was a, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying very difficult, very, very, um, um, I'm trying very hard not to be disrespectful. Look, this is show business, folks. This is Hollywood. 
This is not a bunch of people, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. This is not a bunch of fans who are deciding we're going to get together and make a new Animaniacs. Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg. Don't bet against Steven Spielberg. And Warner Bros. And, you know, in fairness, too, you know, that our generation is one generation. There's new generation. Right. Wellesley has to be able to hire the people that he's comfortable with. doesn't mean the other writers wouldn't be good. No. But it's, his, it's his vision of the show. So, I mean, like Julie and Steve Bernstein have come back who did a lot yes. of work. They are now, they are now the, they, they are now the Richard Stones of the and show. They were fooled by Richard. But, you know, mm-hmm. Steve, Steven Spielberg specifically wanted to have the same voice talent. But, like, I write a little bit. I'm not full time on the show. I write a little bit on the show that. But I completely understand that. They, they need to be put together the team now in this day and age with what they're doing and adjust the show for the audience today. Yes. Because that's the only way you're going to have and, a and, and it is living is, in the past. And that is not ever, ever to discount the genius and the original creativity of Tom Ruger, Steven Spielberg, Gene McCurdy, Peter Hastings. If it weren't for the brilliance of Tom Ruger, who created Tom Ruger, they would not be, they would not be making, you know, we wouldn't be here making new Animaniacs. And by the way, Tom's moved on to other things. I was talking to Paul Rudd, you know, I mean, and I saw Paul, Paul said, you know, he said, God, I did everything that I wanted to do on that show. You know, right. he's moved on to other shows and all that. But the team that's mm-hmm. in place now and the people who it's are running fantastic. it are and all yes, just really clever, wonderful people. It's very edgy. My God, you guys, it's 25 years <laughs> later. And remember, people, and I understand, I, I, I'm a fan, so I understand the concern. But you have to put it in relative terms, okay? It is not worth getting angry no. or freaked out especially without it. even having seen it yeah right animaniacs mm-hmm. right and i get the cleverness of the wordplay but with all due respect it's it's steven spielberg that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the genius of tom ruger he still is a genius. And I think but Tom was, was a consultant at first. You know, he at spoke first, you know, they he at first and all. You know. He doesn't own the show, guys. And, and, I don't own it. And the, and Warner the, Brothers the, owns it. Yeah, and, and a guy, like Tom, yeah, and a guy yeah. like Tom understands. I, you know, I need yeah. to let Wellesley have his space, you know? And, and, yeah. and so while we are, we'd be stupid not to consider what got us here. Right. So, and, and the and the folks that we've kind of, you know, talked to behind the scenes that are working on the show have, have essentially said the same, that they're they say that we're like standing on the shoulders of giants, essentially, of course. that they mm-hmm. totally are yeah. like, we can't believe how lucky I mean, we there are. are. There Girl, I've never been called a giant, but, you know, I like that. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. Just, I love that. I, I, and I, Randy, I know you got to go. I can hang out a little bit, but uh, but um, I. Please, for, for the fans out there who are the least bit concerned, you have this incredibly wonderful opportunity that no one before you in the fan base of in the, in the history of, of the fans of the world have ever had. You're going to have a show that was a clean sheet of paper, and it ended up being a, uh, what it is as a result of the genius primarily of Tom Ruger, Steven Spielberg, and Gene McCurdy, and hiring the best of the best. Okay. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Now, we have this brand new platform 
that never existed before. You, you folks, the, the fans and us, the fans, are going to get to watch their favorite episode of Animaniacs from 19, whatever, 97, 98, 96. And then five seconds later, watch a brand new episode that has been done with the ethos firmly implanted in the minds of all the people who were inspired by Stephen, by Tom, by Gene, by Randy, by Peter Hastings, Deanna Oliver. Paul Rugg, Sherry Stoner. Okay. They've all been inspired. And five seconds later, you're going to get to watch a brand new episode with a 25-year gap. That is unprecedented. Yes. And you have two choices. And this is important because I read how angry people get. And respectively, stop it. The reason I say that with so much vigor is because give the goddamn thing a chance. Absolutely. And if you don't like it, and I'm dead serious, if you don't like it, click the channel. Mm-hmm. Don't watch it. But I'm getting I'm I'm betting you will. And by the way, I might say this too, is that when you come to see bringing this back to Animaniacs in concert, absolutely, like you're going to be in touch with the because we're the, we're doing the original stuff. Right. We're obviously not going to do anything from the new show until they until they air it and all that. So you're we are your touchstone, totally. not only the material and, and, but to the people who performed it. And 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 you will eventually because we can't release them yet, but you will eventually hear new songs that Randy wrote that will be hits from the new version. Yes. And then we'll see okay. a Broadway show with my so, Yes. So much stuff there. But I, I, and I'm not angry at the fan base. I've been through this many times. You're talking to a guy who's had three rides in the Ninja Turtle van. And yes, every exactly. time a new version comes up, people say, oh, no. <laughs> and then they watch it. When I, I was Donatello in the 2012 Nickelodeon version, and people freak out and go, oh, my God, this is better than the original. Now, will that happen with Animaniacs? My bet is probably it will. But before it does, you have to, you have to know that it's in Steven Spielberg, ultimately, he made the choice to do this. He went to every pitch to, to do this because it was that important. So... It, it has nothing to do with dissing Tom or any of the other geniuses. It is about exactly what you suggested, you guys, is bringing all it right, into the enough of that. Enough of that. I mean, because we, we all, you know, we all love Tom and Stephen. And yes. it's, it's going to be a it's great not show. not bringing it into the zeitgeist because there is plenty of stuff to lampoon. There's right. plenty of it. I'm saying that because I need to get going, guys. Go ahead, Randy. Do you, any, do you have any other stuff, Joey? Uh, Randy, that's that's pretty much it for you. Can uh, can you just do me a quick thing, and then I'll, I'll loop you in at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just say good night, everybody. Oh, me? me? Or, no, that, Randy, that's Randy. Rob. Randy. Oh, Randy. Go ahead, Randy. I got- well, I am not Rob Paulson, so I would say it would be good night, everybody. 
There you go. And then I'll Perfect. put that I'll put that little sound bit at the very end. That, yeah, we in that podcast. Then you got to do Rob, who's the pro at it. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and hopefully and I was saying, that everybody and consider my spleen vented. I hope you didn't think I was angry. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, and and hopefully the the, the reboot's still coming out 2020. Is that what we're still hearing? Oh, yeah. Or is that yes? In fact, I there, know there is a date, but we can't tell you what it is. Right. Okay. okay. It, it is, uh, and and you will hear very soon. But we're um, um, looking at the fall of this year. Okay. Okay. We're looking forward to the trailer. Think, uh, or something. Joey, they're gonna. <laughs> Joey, Rob was telling me that I think. I mean, they have a date, and they will be announcing that date pretty quickly. shortly. And if okay. you guys want, and I know you can edit this, but if you guys want, I can stick around for a bit. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. To Sounds get to okay. the. All right, guys. Great talking to you. We'll do it again, okay? Thanks, Randy. Oh, great. Bye, yeah. Bye, Joe. Right. Bye, Randy. Bye, Randy. Um, well, I, you know, I I appreciate you asking. And again, forgive my it, – it's not anger. It's passion. Absolutely. I I love this show. I, I have experienced this very phenomenon more than once. It happened with Tiny Toon Adventures. When Tiny Toon Adventures was ending and Animaniacs was being created um, – arguably by Tom Ruger. So it was the same group. And I get that. But even then I had, yeah. I used to see people going, Oh, why don't they just make more tiny tunes? They're going to screw this up. And they would literally say, what is Steven Spielberg thinking? This show is great the way it is. And with all the respect fans. And, and again, I, I'm a fan, please listen to what you're saying. You're talking about Steven Spielberg. Now, <laughs> mind mind you, every movie he's done has not been an Oscar winner. But don't bet against them. Right. Okay? Right. And so when you hear or rumors get like, oh, my God, is it going to be written as well? Because that is not a reflection on the writers that were there 25 years ago. It is not. What it is, in my view is an, an homage, a like, oh my God, are we going to be able to rise to that level? Because Tom Ruger is a certified genius. And everybody knows that. The people in charge know what they're doing, and they know that they're going to be spending tens of millions of dollars of someone else's money. Yeah with something that they, that a bar that's really high. Okay. So knowing that and respectfully, why the hell would they do something unless they, they said, you know what? We're confident that we can raise to the bar. And I have been in the room with the writers who are standing on, on the shoulders of Tom Ruger and, and Peter Hastings and Sherry Stoner at all. And when we start to riff, and we start to say, hey, God, I think so, Brian, but um, uh, if Betty's white and Marvin's gay, <laughs> is Jack black? You know, <laughs> they do what you're doing. But you know what else they do? The new writers start to get tearful because mm -hmm. they go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I see the gravity of what I'm here, what I'm what I'm doing. This bar is really high and everybody is excited but also a little freaked out because of what i just because of what i just explained you have the opportunity to watch your favorite episode and a brand new one right next to each other and the 25 year gap will be gone in th this quick 
yeah. because of Hulu. And we know that you have, and Wellesley knows, and Stephen knows, and Sam Register knows that you have the right to go click, mm-hmm. not interested. We know that. But I've been through this so many times where once things play out, people go, oh, my God, you know what? That was pretty good. And also, remember, we're trying to cultivate a brand new audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe you're not the target audience anymore. Like Right. With new (laughs) sacred cows Mm -hmm. to lampoon. And respectfully, they know what they're doing. You have the choice, audience members. To not like it. And life will go on. And even if you get a little bit tearful and go, I don't like it. I think you will. But you guys, it's a cartoon show. <laughs> it really is. And this you is know, it's, take, it's, take it from people who have dedicated four years of their life on a yes. podcast to a cartoon show. That it is just a cartoon yeah. show. Yes. And, and, and we did an episode called... The please, please, please get a life <laughs> Yes. And everybody whom we lampooned in that loved it. Yes. Because it was us. I'm you. I'm not, I'm not trying to be arrogant or condescending. I get it. I'm a fan. I flip out when I'm surrounded by Tress and Randy and, and Maurice. Yeah, my, they're my friends. But I'm a fan, you guys. So... It is not lost on me how unique this circumstance is and how in some realms it's a little bit sad because we'd love everybody to be in the sandbox. But the cognizant choice to move forward with everyone but the, um, um, so, uh, you know, Stephen, Julie, Randy, maybe some others, and specifically the voice characters or the voice actors was 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 um, a thoughtful one. And I understand the um, difficulty of a show like that moving on without some of the key players. And this is an important aspect of what you guys do because I know how powerful it is. Um, it's heartbreaking. Were it, were, had they replaced Pinky and the Brain with, uh, uh, you know, Russell Brand and Peter Dinklage, <laughs> it would have been heartbreaking to mm-hmm. me. I get that. Mm-hmm. And I do. I really do because I have been replaced as well. However, part of the reason that the show is so powerful is that when I start doing this, you guys can't help but doing what you're doing. You start to smile and your audience goes, oh, my God, it's Yakko. And sadly, I I don't write them and I don't draw them. And that's why I always say it is the characters who are famous. Mm. But if that's true, and to the extent that's true, the voice kind of transcends the writing. It doesn't mean that the show is successful just because of Rob. I make it clear that I do not write and I will never be able to write like Tom, like Deanna, like Sherry, like Peter, like Nick Hollander, on and on. Never. But I was the one who got to be the voice guy. And Mel Blank 
performed lots of different scripts, not just by the people who wrote Bugs in the 50s. Right. Okay. So it is a little bit different in that regard. It is not the Rob Paulson show. People do not wait in line for the next Rob Paulson cartoon. But I happen to be the voice of Yakko. And I'll happen to be the voice of Pinky. <laughs> and for whatever reason, those voices have resonated with millions of people. And Mr. Spielberg and Wellesley Wilde and the powers that be at Hulu were very smart, I think, in keeping the voice talent to the extent that we can still do it. Yeah. And we can. And I can still do it after having throat cancer. Yeah. Now, that is, that's something that's important to me because they know we can still do it. And so do millions of people who listen to your show or go to see Animaniacs in concert or go to visit us at conventions all over the world. They know that Maurice and I can still say, hey, God, brain. And so they would have been stupid to replace the voice talent mm -hmm, right. because we can still do it. And we have a chunk of time in which that's still going to work. So that's why that choice was made. It is not a reflection on the genius of anyone involved in what you celebrate and so i really appreciate you letting me vent my spleen because it, it you know these people on both sides of the equations are my friends yeah. and some of them were heartbroken and i understand why because i've experienced it but mm -hmm. it is not to to say that it's going to be better than it's going to be different than yeah it reminds and, me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action, like you talked about in the, like, you're like, why didn't I do the voice? But it, people really love that movie still. <laughs> it's worse because it's not about but, the, the actors. I mean, it's not about, you know, it's the characters that are famous, mm -hmm. right? And there are certain franchises that transcend the actors, okay? Turtles is wholly unique in that it's had, I don't know, half a dozen iterations and seven or eight films, and I don't know how many Raphaels and Donatellos. I've been both. But nobody doesn't watch, double negative, nobody doesn't watch Turtles because Rob isn't in it. But now in this circumstance, we're talking about Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain, and that's a little bit different. Right. And mm -hmm. to the extent, and, 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 and those characters have become famous on their own, because of, all, of, of the whole of the experience, writing, producing, music, and voice acting. So the calculus was made that these characters are still famous vocally uh, to two generations, your guys and the people who have children at your age who love it when I say, hello, nurse, and they can't stop but laugh. So that's a little bit of a different calculus. Calculus, right. And had I been replaced, it would have broken my heart because I've experienced it before. Mm -hmm. But I understand in this realm why they did it the way they did it. And like I said, it's so unique because of Hulu. You can watch an old episode and a new one, boom, with a 25-year span gone away. Exactly. You and know, we so, we cannot wait for that. That's gonna. It means coming out later this year, and yep. of course we're gonna be talking about each episode. And uh, you know, just like any show, it's gonna have, like every show has, 
a great, great, fantastic episodes. Yeah. And some episodes that are, yeah, they're okay. And, and maybe and there's like one great segment are. in the show, yeah. you know. And, uh, but, you guys have, uh, what, 99 Animaniacs? Yeah. yeah. Not we, all of them are amazing, but. <laughs> yeah. The brains or whatever it is to choose from. And then you have Pinky Elmira in the brain and virtually everybody says, oh, my God, what the hell were they thinking? I'll tell you what they were thinking. They were thinking, how can we squeeze another 13 episodes out of this? Yeah. yeah. It's no they did business, it. you guys. And so you have an utter right to criticize everything we do. Everything. Because it is show business. And then you decide not to watch it or to watch it. My whole point about this whole experience with respect to this particular show is to respectfully give it a chance. And if you don't like it, we won't do any more. It's that simple. And my suspicion is that people will like it precisely because of the genius of Tom Ruger and his group on the first go around. They know how high the bar is, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They're not going to spend a hundred million dollars or whatever it is if they don't think they can reach that bar. And we're a year and change into it. And trust me, if they didn't think they were reaching it, they wouldn't keep going. Yeah. It's about this. So I really appreciate the opportunity to say this with so much passion because it's way beyond a paycheck to me. This is my life. Yeah. And I know what I'm talking about. And I don't want it to suck. I don't want to be involved with something that doesn't work. Um, and so... I really, truly, deeply appreciate you guys giving me a chance to ramble because it's it's where I live, man. Yeah. And Yakko and Pinky, uh, my book is called How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky and an Animaniac Saved My Life. I had throat cancer, you guys. I had stage three throat cancer. If there are any characters that got me through it, to the times when I thought I will never be able to do this again. Well, guess what? Steven Spielberg decided to keep me on after my cancer, not because he's a nice guy, because I can still do it. And so if anybody is going to be sensitive about how good the new show is, you're looking at him. Mm-hmm. So trust me, it's going <laughs> to be good. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> It's important because I know how important it is to your fan base. And I'm one of them. So I've said that eight times. And I'm going to say thank you very much and go. <sighs> and I, I hope I wasn't too off. No, not at all. And, in, and uh, you know, before we wrap things up, Rob, first of all, thank you so much for being yes, on with us. Yes, thank you. Uh, you and Randy, it's My, really been a treat. This is a privilege. And I've worked really, really hard. For this privilege. And that is what it is, you guys. Joey and Nathan, it is a privilege, nothing short of that, to be in a position in which two nice young men whom I met 25 years ago and are still kind enough to have me on and millions of other people around the world in whatever realm, whether it's your podcast or something else, take the time to listen to what I have to say, you guys. This is a privilege. I'm not a movie star. Yakko is the movie star. And I'm part of it. But this is a, my God, do you know how many actors would trade places with me? I, I am so privileged to be in this position. And moreover, 
I get it. So it is I and we who thank you because without an audience, I know it's been said over and over again, but we got nothing without you guys, nothing. Mm -hmm. And again, that's another thing you need to remember respectfully, not you, but the audience at large, the, the people at Hulu at Netflix and Mr. Spielberg, they know just like THX, the audience is listening. And we know that we got nothing without you. And, and we know that you guys ultimately hold the purse strings. So, so that's why it's so impassioned. We don't want this to suck. Yeah, that's true. You know? Well, so uh, thank you Rob, for giving me the chance. No problem whatsoever. And Rob, you did mention your book uh, oh, that came you. out of, that oh, came out I? about a year oh. ago. Oh, did I? <laughs> did I happen to mention that? It is a fantastic book. It is a marvelous book. Inspirational. Mm-hmm. It'll make you tear up. And plus, folks, it's not a. It's not a. It's a page turner, and it'll, you'll get oh, through it. A, and thank you. You'll, you'll just keep going and going. And yeah, it's hard to put down because they're like, well, I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely. Oh my God. And by the way, spoiler, I didn't die. Oh Yay. yeah. The whole time I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, and Rob, you, you did, did he men- make it? <laughs> you did mention uh, that you, you're not a movie star, but you, you have had a little roles here and there. And one, <laughs> one, one movie that in particular that I think there's been some perhaps misinformation on online about is the movie Spaceballs. Now you, oh, yeah. you, you did the voice of the dinks of one, some of the dinks along with Phil Hartman, I believe, and, and yeah. stuff like that. But some people are like, this, Rob Paulson is appears on screen holding the comb, no. or Rob Paulson <laughs> is on screen pulling dark dark helmet out of the uh, the 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 ship when he crashes. You, right? You are you actually physically on screen in Spaceballs? Not unless somebody had a video camera or Mel Brooks was shooting video at the ADR session. Okay, no, I am not. Um, but Mr. Brooks, we got to work with him for two days, and. Um, it was a remarkable group. It was Corey Burton, myself, Nancy Cartwright, uh, Phil Hartman, John Paragon, whom you guys know as John B. the Genie from. Um, oh, yes. Pee-wee. Pee-wees. Um, I think Tress was there. So it was a remarkable group. Um, uh, and Mel Brooks. I know. The legend. I, I wanted to make sure I cleared that up because I see Thank so you, many Joe. people, so many people. And in fact, I was looking at IMDb this morning and it said Rob Paulson is a, a one of the dinks and a guy holding the comb. And I'm like, that's not. Not physically. It's my no. voice. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. OK, so glad we got that. And anyway, Thank you, Joe. OK, you OK. Now, Nathan. Good. I was so I was so worried about it. I know. Now Nathan can go to know. They're watching him. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and wrap things up. So, uh, Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Uh, Joey, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Django FT, that's me. And Rob, where, where are some of the places that people can follow you online yeah. if, if they oh, don't know? If you happen to be in Lompoc Prison in Northern California, no, I um, you can get a hold of me at, at Yakko Pinky, Y A K K O P I N K Y, Nerf, not without, without the Nerf, Y A K K O P I N K Y. On Twitter, uh, Rob underscore Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N on Instagram, Rob Paulson, voice actor on um, Facebook. Uh, the book is um, Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky and an Animaniac Saved My Life, which is available at, at your local bookstore if it's open or on Amazon. Um, it's also Rob an audio book. 
an, yes. awesome, an excellent audiobook. Thank you. And my son, Ash, uh, who writes for Game Explain, which is a, has a million, 300,000 followers on uh, YouTube, uh, wrote the forward and recorded the audio book forward. Um, and um, <clears throat> my personal website is Rob Paulson Live and AnimaniacsInConcert.com. Um, and uh, you can find us at loopedlive.com. And I'm telling you, I think that this Animaniacs in Concert on Looped is going to probably end up doing more than a couple because we're getting a really good response. And it's it's turning out to be way better than I thought it would. So I hope you check it out on August 15th. It's going to be pretty cool. Fantastic. Um, but honestly, I uh, you guys know that I always say that laughter is the best medicine. And the cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free. Um, and you and Nathan and Kelly uh, are the living examples of that. And, and um, really, 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 we will never, never, never be able to thank you enough for the love and passion you show uh, for, for our little show. And it, 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 you do need to know, you guys, that while we don't say it every day because we can't, it's madness, but Mr. Spielberg and Wellesley and um, Tom, you've had him on, I know, but Tress and Jess and everybody knows about you. They, under, they, they know about you guys and they know about the passion. And the, the very reason that people get this done is because guys like you get this stuff out there and they pay attention to social media. Warner Brothers worldwide pub, worldwide publicity monster machine hulu they all pay attention to this stuff so i don't think it would be hyperbole to suggest that all of you have had a hand in getting this done again because they see how big the passion is all of us have a hand of, of have a hand in getting these knuckleheads to pony up <laughs> <laughs> so thank you we really do owe you and the fan base the thanks because your passion is what has gotten this show on its feet again and so uh, honestly i get really emotional but thank you it's well, a big deal no no thank yous needed for us but yeah. we, we just love doing <laughs> it uh and hey let's get uh next time let's get uh you and Jess and Tress and Hank, we'll, th- we'll invite Mr. Spielberg on as well. Yeah, well, I, know, sure, I guess. I'm sure have he's. You had, have you had um, Maurice on yet? Uh, we have yeah. had a, a Good Feathers reunion with him. Oh, excellent. Excellent. We had, we had we were, but you haven't had a pinky in the brain? No. No. We well, I've seen the brain naked and I will call him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get let's get you and Maurice on. You know, let's keep this going and uh, and uh, love to, love to keep talking to you. As in thanks a lot, in you guys. Thank you very much for your patience with my rambling. But it's when I have this opportunity, it's really important for me to vent my spleen. And you can cut this up any way you want. But the bottom line is, I just want you to know that we get how lucky we are, and we know literally who butters our bread. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. And, well, and as for the Animaniacast, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And go ahead and subscribe to the Animaniacast on your favorite podcast player, whatever that happens to be. Or you could go on to Animaniacast.com, and that'll take you to our RetroZap podcast uh, archive over there at RetroZap. 
are a proud member of the RetroZap podcast community, you could subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed, and that way you can get every RetroZap podcast, including this one, delivered straight to your device for free. Uh, And hey, why not head over to our Discord group? You can get a welcome link by going to discord.animaniacast.com, and that'll take you right on over to the RetroZap Discord group, where you can talk about all things pop culture. That's about it for us. So... See you in the water, Tower. I suppose. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and wrap it up. So for Nathan, Rob, and Randy, and Kelly, who couldn't be here today, but for all of us, (laughs) good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. (laughs) This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Good night, everybody.